Hey guys, welcome to my podcast, Free Reverie, and this is your host, Juju V. If you guys like what you hear, make sure to follow me on my social media, Instagram, JBSU18, Snapchat, JBSU, and Twitter, at Perfect Flute. Hope you guys enjoy. Symphony. Welcome to my podcast, Free Reverie, your host, GGB. Again, we have a new guest. It's not Linwood Storm, so that's exciting. Um, his name is Steve Wallette. Did I butcher your last name or did I get it right? You got it just right. Oh, look at that. I'm doing good already. Okay, so he is a producer and a director. So this is going to be an interesting podcast. Um, so you can go ahead and introduce yourself if you would like. Hi there, everybody. My name's Steve Wallet. Um, as we move forward, you'll find out more about me. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> that was so short. <laughs> well, I don't know how much detail you want me to give about myself early oh on. My I figure we'll explore it. There are so many things. We were just talking prior to this to the episode, and um, you already you're involved in so many things. Um, it says on here that you've been involved in more than 100 film and television productions that you've never heard of. So, can you name a couple? Uh, sure. Um, my first time directing was uh, about two years ago. I directed a film called Word from a Gamer, which is a documentary about the secret culture of tabletop gaming. Um, we made the film for under 5,000 bucks. It's won 11 best documentaries. It's been nominated for more than 20 at different film festivals. That is probably my, my most happy achievement. Cause I directed, I did everything on that, but I was also, uh, worked with a number of films like uh, creature feature, lady Peacock. Uh, some horror films like uh, Virus of the Dead, Death Date, Clown Motel, The Telephone, Toxic Apocalypse. It's a wide variety of covering every possible genre out there. Oh, goodness. I'm intrigued by The Telephone. What is that one about? Um. Well, it's... God, how would I describe it? It's about a guy, he's uh, going to a small town because he got this letter that was telling him he had to go there. And when he gets there, he gets caught up in this mystery of this woman who has disappeared. And there's a... I don't, I don't want to give too much away because it's short. And if I give away anything about it, it ruins the punchline of it. It's only a 26-minute long film. Uh. But it, it's it's an intriguing, low-budget film, only a dozen or so people in the entire thing. I, I think that anybody that's into mystery and a touch of horror would like it. Where could we find this? I believe that one's on Amazon Prime. Oh, you can't find it on YouTube? Uh, no. Oh, it's dang. not on YouTube. Dang. The free aspect just sucked, didn't it? <laughs> so we yeah. get to... <laughs> so, so how much um, is this? $26. No, I, if you have Amazon Prime, I think it's free. I'm not, uh, uh, to be honest, I'm not positive. Hang on. 
I'm clicking to see. Yes, it's free with your Amazon Prime membership. <laughs> uh, but Amazon Prime membership is the key, guys. <laughs> no, that's true. Yeah. It's um. There's about a dozen of my uh, films that I've worked on that are up on Amazon. Most of the films I've worked on have been short, so they hit the film festivals and they're done. They just vanish. Oh, man. Um, but you have your social media, so do you ever post like um, quick clips of what I, you do? I do, and a lot of times um, I'll post uh, links for free for people to watch a film for a short period of time. Uh, we just made a film a few months ago called um, Don't Say His Name. Are you into H.P. Lovecraft? What? What's Do you that? know who H.P. Lovecraft is? No. <laughs> no! Okay, he's, he's the founder of modern horror. In the 1920s, he wrote a series of short stories that appeared in pulp magazines that created the basis for all modern horror that exists. Stephen King, Clive Barker, um, almost every major modern horror writer bases their stories on Lovecraft. Okay, so what uh, Don't Say His Name was inspired by uh, a story that predated H.P. Lovecraft, but it also was inspired by the way Lovecraft wrote about, like, cosmic horror, about how the universe itself is the evil, and we're the few good things that are in it, and we're barely surviving as these cosmic entities are trying to crash down around us and drive us insane and destroy us. Alright, the one thing I love about you right now is how excited you get in explaining things. Like, I just hear the excitement as you're well, telling me. I love I'm like horror. Learning. <laughs> yeah, and I, 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 I love horror too, but I don't know anything about like the history of it or anything like that. So it's interesting, and I like that you're kind of, you know, teaching me something. So, yeah. I'll have to check that out for sure, but um, I will make well, a note to check out your social media so that way I get a, a leak. <laughs> yes, I sent you, in one of the emails I sent you, I gave you a whole boatload of social media links. So you feel free to share them. Okay, I will definitely do that um, because I want to actually see some of these um, and I will probably do my own review. <laughs> that would be <laughs> awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. Um, okay, so it also says here that you are author of Blasphemous Cocktails and the owner of Narration News. So what's Blasphemous Cocktails? So you've created okay. cocktails? Yes, I'm, I'm a drinker. I am, um, uh, we often joke that I'm a professional alcoholic. Okay. What Blasphemous Cocktails is, is it was, uh, I was at Gen Con, which is this huge gaming convention out in the Midwest, and I was with a bunch of friends, and we were joking and drinking and talking about some things that need to be made that no one has made yet, and we came up with all these ideas, and somebody said, we need a cocktail recipe book based on horror stories, where every single drink is a horror story. And I was like, I can do that. And five months <laughs> later, I published the book. <laughs> That's crazy. It's already yeah. hard enough. I used to be a bartender, and it was hard enough for me to try to mix my own drinks. Um, I was good at, like, the fruity stuff because it's super simple. It just really is. Um, certain things go to go together so well. Um, but I, I, I couldn't come up with an entire book. That's a very well, impressive. 
That was only my first cocktail book. I did two of them, actually. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I'm going to have to check some of these out and then mention it to the bartender. Be like, make this because Steve says so. Yeah, well, I'll tell you, um, there's a drink called Black Death that it, when I do drinking events, because I do drinking events at different conventions around the country, uh-huh. um, Black Death is one of the most popular drinks, and it's really simple. It's four ingredients in equal parts, so you can make it as big or as small as you like. Most people make it small because it's a little strong, and it's Bailey's, Kahlua, Sambuca, and half and half. What is Sambuca? Sambuca is a licorice uh, liqueur. Ooh, I'm not a big fan of licorice, but I will attempt to drink this drink because you said so. Very. Intriguing. I'm just saying it's the most popular. I don't like licorice I... that much myself, yeah. <laughs> but this drink, the other flavors kind of mask the licorice. The licorice is like a, uh, almost like an aftertaste. Okay, so that, that would be the issue with me with the aftertaste. But, <laughs> yeah, because licorice just has, it's just, it's gross to me. I, I couldn't ever eat the candy. I just couldn't. Okay, like, well, you we'll know, see. we, we'll we all have different tastes. Yeah, we'll see. Um, because I like trying new things, and I don't want to have, you know, you know psych myself out um, into trying something new. So we'll and then, see about that. Now, you're talking about books. The, I wrote those two books, but then... After that, uh, we had this uh, crazy election, so I wrote a couple books about the election, and then I started writing novels, and I have three novels published. Three? One, two, three. Oh, my goodness. Three novels. (laughs) And I have a fourth one about to come out. You are very impressive. I mean, I... To write that much (laughs) to begin with, (laughs) I am not even interested in politics, so I couldn't even write a book. Well, I did the the two the the two political books are children's books. I wrote them to be funny. They're they're lampoons (laughs) of the candidates. So like they're. One of them's an ABC of conspiracies about Hillary Clinton. And in, with each of these books, I am not making a stand for any candidate, okay? Uh, okay? So it's just the, I went on the internet, looked up conspiracies, and made an ABC book, and I got a friend to do the artwork and turn it into like a funny children's book. Mm-hmm. And then the next one we did was like a Dr. Seuss book. So we did it with the, the <laughs> weird Dr. Seuss drawings, and it's all done in a sing-songy Dr. Seuss-type voice. And it's the, about the Donald Trump campaign. Oh, boy. So have yeah. you ever uh, considered the idea of um, maybe getting a hold of, like, Saturday Night Live and doing, like, a funny skit with what yeah. you've created? No, I haven't. That... That'd be interesting to see that come about. I bet they would be up for that, especially, well, not now, because the election is so overdone. But I bet when it was going on, that would have been really funny. That probably would have been, and had I thought of it, I might have pursued that path, but <laughs> it, it never even occurred to me. I wrote these things, both those books I wrote in a night. I was just having fun playing around with something, and I decided, well, you know what, I'm going to publish this. I only printed a couple hundred copies, and that was it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's okay. And so now, from now on, if you come up with something like that, get a whole Saturday Night Live. And see what they can come up with that. I, I I would love to see something like that. I think it'd be hilarious. <laughs> I mean, I like the memes and stuff. I just, I'm not a very political person, so. Okay. Do you play video games at all? 
Um, well, when I was younger, I played okay. like Nintendo and the Atari. Do you play and... games on your phone? Yes. You do? So... What games? Um, <laughs> I have to look at them. They've been forever <laughs> since I've played them. Okay, uh, well, fair enough. Well, it yeah. doesn't matter. Um, Where's the my... friends? Does that count? Uh, yeah, I guess. <laughs> Technically. I don't it's... play like game games anymore because it just okay. takes too much memory. I have um I'm I'm 50 years old. I have a I have a boatload of grandkids. And I I designed a video game for my granddaughter and it's based on like Mario Brothers where you play kids cutting skull and you know you're like Mario Brothers, you're jumping around, you're gathering uh treasures along the way and you have enemies that come after you to try and grab you and they look like nuns and priests and they beat you with paddles and try to make you go back to school. Oh goodness! What's that game called? <laughs> it's a uh, Nerd Rage Uprising, and it's free on iOS and Android. I only did a few levels because, uh, like I said, I was doing this for my granddaughter, and then I was like, you know what? I'll just put this out there for free. If other people want to play it, they can play it. And that, but from that, my granddaughter kept asking me about the characters. She wanted to know who the boy and girl were that were cutting school. That's what got me started writing novels. I started writing about those characters. Nice. So what are they? Uh, the boy is, his name is Dexter, and the girl's name is Aiko. 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 E-I-K-O. It's a Japanese name. Okay. And is there a meaning behind the name? I have no idea. Oh, <laughs> Um, I like anime, and there was a character in an anime named Aiko that I really liked, and that's why I chose the name. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> we'll have to try to find that out eventually. It, I bet there's a meaning behind it, and you just don't know. It probably means something weird. <laughs> it probably does. A Aiko in the, uh, in the anime was the daughter of Superman and uh, Wonder Woman. I wouldn't have known that. <laughs> yeah so anyway we did the uh because my granddaughter kept asking about the game i wrote a book called by the same name which is uh which is nerd rage uprising and then a sequel to that which was the revelations of Aiko. and then uh the next book i did was called murder me sunshine you like horror you'll like this one it's about a teenage girl that discovers she has an addiction to murder an addiction to murder. Okay, sounds yep. like something like Dexter. So something like Dexter, yeah. yeah. Except, it, except it's a thirteen-year-old girl as the serial killer. So what was it like? Orphan. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I can name a couple films, guys. I'm not stupid. I like horror films. Uh, apparently, I'm going to go back to the name Aiko because it means splendid child or long-lived child. Now look at that! You taught me something. Yeah, I had, I had to look it up. Okay, <laughs> I was like, okay, but they spelled it. They um, they said it's pronounced like A Y K O, A Y E E K O. Interesting. Yeah, but apparently it's like a masculine, feminine name. I could see it being both. Yeah, I think so. Um, glory and prosper excellence I guess and shadow silhouette or like someone and child are all within the name so splendid child I guess 
Interesting. It's crazy. The Japanese culture fascinates me in some ways. It kind of makes me think that I probably should have taken it in high school, but then where would I apply that to in my future? I don't know. <laughs> that That is uh, a difficult question to answer. I've often that been fascinated by them too, you know? <laughs> I was just kind of throwing that out there because I'm like, well, like I said, my podcasts are never organized. I just spitball in here um, from time to time. Um, but yeah, I mean, I used to game uh, a lot as a kid uh, with like Scooby-Doo and all that stuff. But um, I just, the games now just don't interest me. I think it's just because they're so complicated. They look, everyone's taking it to extremes. You see videos of people being over dramatic and throwing stuff and I just I have too much time on my hands but I do um I do watch some people playing video games just to see do you what about tabletop games you play tabletop yeah what like, do, what games well, do you like tabletop well, well, well like topple yeah that had top in it so. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, like, uh, growing up, you probably played, like, Monopoly and Sorry oh, and stuff course. like that. Yeah. Right. We, we well, always had family time. Okay, so tabletop games are games that you play face-to-face -face on a table. Yeah. So it could be any game. So, um, like myself, I play Dungeons & Dragons. I've, I've been playing that since 1978. And I still game with the same group of guys every friday night religiously oh my goodness you guys hear that people actually can stay friends anyways <laughs> you are supposed to stay friends with your childhood friends <laughs> otherwise when you get senile and you end up in a senior home and you're losing your mind you won't have anybody to lose your mind with <laughs> exactly We've always said that when we get old, we're all going to go to the same senior center, and we hope that all of our delusions fall into the same category so that we're fighting dragons and slaying evil wizards and going to war against the orcs inside the senior center. So you guys are going to be that group of people that they're going to have, to have like eight or nine people watching you. Yes. Because you guys are going to be delusional and probably think that you guys are actually in a video game. And that, might, it might get crazy. That so. is my goal. <laughs> Just watch. They're going to put you guys in a padded room, and you guys wouldn't <laughs> have noticed. You guys are still going at it. <laughs> well, you know, in, by the time my, – in my family, people get um, – they get uh, – I, I forget what the word is. It's not senile. They become delusional. They become uh, – Dementia. Dementia yeah. runs in my family. A lot of people have gotten it. So I you assume that... You can prevent it. It's I know that, and I'm doing stuff Stay off the internet and stuff, you know. <laughs> um, play Sudoku. Sudoku, right. You're supposed play to challenge your, 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 yes. challenge your name. Challenge you your brain. Um, yeah, a lot in different ways where it's off. Because, they, you know, they've done studies and stuff, and staring at a screen and stuff all day long can actually damage... Uh, your brain a bit um, because it's a, it's a bright light. That is absolutely true. That's why you should have a blue light filter on all your devices. Yep, which is why Facebook was clever <laughs> and had a blue. But the thing about the color blue, if you did not know, is it actually can keep you awake. That is very true. Yeah, so at the same time, Facebook was clever in both 
ways, guys. They are fantastic <laughs> because they keep you engaged. They're not stupid. So they knew what they were doing. Do you do you do you follow conspiracy theories at all? I actually have a conspiracy theory blog. If you didn't okay, know, then then you will probably really like this. Okay. When I when I was in the army, I was in a group called the Army Security Agency, okay. and what we did is we monitored communications of uh, various foreign powers, but we also monitored things within the United States, similar to what the NSA does today. Okay, okay. so back in 1986, 87-ish in that area, we were having a meeting. And this is when computers were kind of just starting to be used outside of the military. Okay, I mean, the Commodore 64 was out, you had the Amiga, you had the IBM, the all, but it was really in its infancy. The, the internet was just about to begin. And one of the men in my unit said, you know what we should do? We should when as this as the internet is developing it, we weren't calling it the internet at the time but he was saying that as this thing is developing we need to create a place where people can go and talk to each other and write diaries and share each other's diaries with each other you know and then comment on each other's diaries and if we do this we'll be able to tell everything that's happening in the world because we could suck everybody into this. They'll all buy into it. People are just stupid. They're going to buy into it, and we will know everything. And uh, we all laughed him out of the room. We thought it was the stupidest thing in the world. Now look at Facebook, and the guy was ahead of his time. Oh, you missed your chance. <laughs> Is he still alive? I don't know. I've lost track Aww. of many of those uh, people. He wasn't that ahead of his time, was he? He could not connect quick enough. <laughs> For all I know, he works with Zuckerberg. Or, you know? He probably created it and Zuckerberg stole it. Uh, who knows? <laughs> who knows? But yeah, I have a, an entire conspiracy um, theory blog, and I like hearing interesting uh, theories just like that one. Um, the ones that you just... If you looked it up online, I don't like the ones that you consistently hear of. I like reading about ones that um, aren't heard of too often, or I actually try to create my own as much as I can. So there's nothing wrong with that. No, I, I, it's I just hard. It's hard to the, do it. <laughs> what makes a good conspiracy theory is there's enough evidence to make it believe, and enough evidence that you can discount it yeah. at the exact same time. Yeah, it's hard to just come up with one by myself, um, so I try to look for some inspiration as much as possible. That's why the blog isn't updated as quickly as, like, my mom blog. Um, but, yeah, I try to be active as much as I can um, social media-wise. But I also, I don't want to have dementia, so I, you know, spend time with my son and try, you know, away from the TV so I grew up with limited access to like television and internet. Like I, I didn't have a Facebook account until high school and we had to make um, like so many A's before we can actually have an account. Okay. That, that is reasonable. Yeah. We, I, I, growing up for me, um, 
we had Pong and we had Atari, so yeah. I'm a little bit older than you, obviously. Well, <laughs> well we played that. We had those because my parents grew up with that. So okay. that, 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 those were our games. Like, we had the original Xbox, and that was, the, like, the only new thing that we really had in the house. Um, we had dial-up internet, um, and we didn't have DirecTV half the time so um, of, of my childhood. Uh, we didn't really have DirecTV until I maybe hit closer to maybe eighth grade. And okay. so um, we just, on DVDs, VHS. Uh, so we spent a lot of time outside working. My mom and dad really wanted us to earn what we had. So if we had a friend coming over, as harsh as it seems, like we had to literally clean the house. There was one time I wanted my friends over for the weekend and I had to paint the entire hallway um, before that could be done. <laughs> that was terrible because there were edges like crazy. You had to go paint really slow. But uh, we did get that done. Uh, we worked for what we got and it was all about presentation and appearance and so well i i believe that being raised that way builds character i really yeah, do i yeah. i was raised in a similar manner um we had hard deadlines you know i i would come home from school and my father would i get home like around 3 30 my father would get home around 4 30 or 5 when he got home i had better have my homework done the trash out, the dishes clean from the night before, the dogs all taken out, and if it was in the winter, I had better have started a fire and had coal in the stove. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, it was always you know? homework, then chores, then leisure time. Right. And if I did all that, then I was allowed to watch TV for an hour or go play a game. Right. Like play the uh, Atari or something like that, you know? Yeah. And then it, um, it got worse. So, my bad. Maybe I got we got DirecTV maybe it was on a fifth grade. Maybe fifth, sixth grade. Because my uh, my cousins came to live with us when I was in sixth grade. Okay. And, and to keep everyone in line, we had poker chips. Okay. So, mm -hmm. you did. We had a bowl full of all kinds of chores. You drew, what, five of them? And you had to complete all of them. And then that would earn you so many chips. Well, the red ones were half an hour TV, your choice of the show, green, an hour. And then I think blue, uh, I forget what blue was, but it you claimed a spot on the TV for so many. It was the, it was the oddest thing. And so cashing in your poker chips was terrible. Because then everyone wanted to watch so many things. Uh, I don't. I couldn't tell you how many times we had to watch Hannah Montana. <laughs> it was terrible. I mean, yeah, I liked the show, but too much of it was just too much. My so, uh, my my sister is fourteen years younger than me, and when she was born, I guess when she was about three, she started watching The Little Mermaid. I saw The Little Mermaid so many times that I just hearing the music to it makes puts me into a rage. Oh, I guess <laughs> I guess that's the same way with me because my brother was the same way with Spider Man and Shrek. Oh my goodness, Shrek! I anytime that movie comes on, I like no word for word almost, and it's just like 
seriously guys <laughs> just stop watching it like anytime it's on I just skip it that's awesome yeah <laughs> same way but see that that was a time where we still had the VHS so he was like three years old rewind rewind it was like no right can we watch something else please it, it always amazes me how children can do that they can just watch the same thing over and over and I over know. my niece is the same way and i'm like yeah. boss baby must die like <laughs> i yeah, with, can't stand that movie with right. my with my children it was the goonies <laughs> and adventures and yeah. babysitting ah uh, yes <laughs> Those are good movies, though. At least they were good. Um, Boss Baby is okay, but there's a lot of suggestive content that I'm like, I know they were creating this for the adults to enjoy. Okay. Somewhat. But well, they've, just... they've done a really good job. Um, Pixar, in making the children's films with enough inside jokes for the adults to keep us entertained while we take our kids to see them. Yeah. But it was just when you watch the show over and over and right. My niece still gets it. she. That's the movie she wants, and I'm like, at least it's not Moana. Well, thank God because Netflix got rid of Moana, so <laughs> Boss Baby's still on there. So I'm just waiting for people to just like take that off too. I'm like, can we watch something else? I can get my niece to watch. Like my son actually watches some of my shows with me. Like The Good Doctor and Grey's Anatomy and all that stuff. Um, I think because he likes... He's so fascinated by doctors. It's insane. Um, I, I don't know if he's going to grow up to be one or not. I was just at my grandma's birthday party and one of her friends goes, Parker, are you want to be a basketball player? Keep in mind, my son is mixed. So I'm thinking that wasn't the correct question, but okay, whatever. Um... So he's getting really excited at the fact that she said basketball because my son likes to, he's, he's a year and a half old and he is attempting to dribble a ball all on his own. No one taught him, nothing like that. So I'm like, I don't know if he's going to be that, a doctor or a drummer <laughs> because he also has really good rhythm when he's drumming. Like on right. anything, he, he has this rhythm, even though it's all over the place, you can tell he's got this at least on his right hand, a beat going. And I'm like, make up your mind. Oh, wait, you're my son. So I'm the same way as you. Can't make up our minds. Like, this is not good. But Well, how old is he? A, a year and a half. Year and a half. So yeah. you, you, you have time to figure it out. Oh, my goodness, yes. <laughs> but it's just... It's fascinating what kids do, and uh, my niece, she cracks me up. She, she's, uh, she'll be three this year, and my son will be two, and she's really trying to say Parker, but <laughs> it's the cutest thing. She'll go, Parker? Parker? Like, it's just really funny when she tries to say his name from across the room, because she gets really, Parker! Like, I'm like, why do you sound like a bird? Why do you sound like a bird? <laughs> That's awesome. And she has her arms wide open. Everything she gets, they get so excited. I hope they become best of friends. Um, but yeah, kids fascinate me a lot. But movie wise, you guys move on. I'm telling you, <laughs> move on. Um, so, have you developed kid movies as we're on the topic, like um, films? 
there's been a few, not a lot. Um, there's a show that we're in development on called uh, Kittypreneurs, like Entrepreneurs, Kittypreneurs, uh, which is we took a bunch of young kids that had ideas of businesses they they wanted to run and we bring in business people to help guide them but the kids run the business oh so it's it, like that commercial with um haribos i don't know this commercial yeah they have this <laughs> are you being sarcastic no i really don't oh, okay well haribos is a candy Okay. And they have like the kids at this round table controlling everything. Okay, so yeah, just similar type thing. It's uh with this one where we're bringing in we have uh five children that we're following that are all inner city children and we're their parents are involved and it's it's kind of like a reality show in a way. But what we're doing is we're following them as they develop their own individual brands. I mean, it's it's pretty cool. Unfortunately, the money's not there. We uh, we were able to get a uh, pilot made, and it hasn't gone much beyond that. And it, we're three years into it now. <laughs> right. So we'll we'll see. It, it might kick off eventually. Um, I've also worked on a couple of uh, cartoons that are educational. Um, it's been a while, and I was kind of behind the scenes on them. I wasn't actually in the writing staff, so yeah, not a lot of kids stuff. Right? So <laughs> you created the the um, the idea, the kittypreneur? No, no, that wasn't my idea. Uh, someone asked me to come on and help them with it, mm. and I helped put it together. I helped with some of the script writing and with uh, some of the production work. Okay, so where could we find this? If um, I see that the Facebook page, um, but so is there like things it's, to see? It's not like... even it's not even available yet because mm -hmm. we're still trying to get it to be picked up by a by someone. You know, uh, if a network doesn't pick it up, we're th we're hoping Netflix or uh, Amazon Prime will pick it up. The streaming services are working a lot more with independent creators, but oh, yeah, yeah, I can, I totally agree with that one. But Netflix just recently changed their rules for independent creators where now everything has to be filmed in 4k and most independent creators don't have the money to buy 4k equipment. What's so 4k they... equipment? Okay, so when you when you're looking at cameras like the camera in your phone, it is it, typically like a 1080 uh, DPI camera, which is a great camera that you can shoot HD with it. You can do all kinds of stuff with it. The new, the brand new, the iPhone 10, I believe you can get with a 4K camera. That means it's 4,000 pixels. It's four times better resolution than the 1080 cameras. Up until a year ago, Netflix accepted 1080 HD. Now they only accept 4K HD. Oh, that, that sucks. But I know that right. there was a film that was actually filmed with an iPhone um, and all that. But So I'm guessing that wouldn't apply anymore uh, unless well, you have uh, 4K. Well, the new, the new iPhone 10 has a good enough camera for Netflix to accept it. That's crazy. Can you imagine... Yeah. 
I, making a film with the phone. Well, yes, I can. It's Look, to make a film is easy. You don't need any money. All you need is a camera, an idea, and a good person to edit your work. If you have those three things, you can make a movie. Hmm. I'm terrible at editing. I wouldn't know who to go to. Editing is always the hard part. (laughs) Yeah. And see, I'm so cheap. (laughs) But um, I actually outsource quite a bit for certain things, especially for this podcast. The artwork, the, the theme song, everything was outsourced and for cheap, like $5. That's excellent. Yeah, yeah. So you can always find uh, work, but it's the quality of work is that you have to be concerned about. Um, Especially if someone steals your idea, you can't really, unless you have it copyrighted. And I believe that costs money too, doesn't it? Like, um, okay, so copyrighting is kind of tricky. Uh, when you get into copyright law, like uh, the minute that you publish something, technically you have a copyright. Mm-hmm. However, if you don't pay the $300 to the government and file your copyright, you don't have a strong claim to fight it in court if someone steals your work. It's crazy. It is. The government wants your money. Well, the government wants to regulate everything. And all the, the, well, we created copyright... the government, though. We did it. <laughs> Everyone's like, blame the government. We freaking created the government, and we did this. We did it. We collectively as a people over the course of 200 and some odd years have uh-huh. done this. Unfortunately, many of the problems that we have today were done well before me and you were born. Yeah. Yeah, I know. So we blame our parents. Yes. <laughs> blame you, baby boomers. Mm. We were just talking about this. Uh, my mom and I, because uh, my parents actually own a bar. That's where I was bartending. And we actually was asking people like, are you guys a baby boomer? Are you guys a millennial? All this other stuff. And uh, I am a millennial. And this other kid, he just turned 21 or whatnot. He is a um, post-millennial. It's like, that is a thing. So, odd fact there. Just kind of going off topic a bit. I'm not even <laughs> sure what I am considered. Um... I can look that up. I, it was something that we were looking up for, like, what? Hang on. I was born in 69. Um, see, you would be Generation X. Okay. That That's my mom, too. My mom and dad are Generation X. Well, Generation X is cool, because that means we all have the X factor, and we're going to become mutants. <laughs> right? <laughs> yes, that's funny. But yeah, so um, millennial, I am a millennial uh, up until 95. If you were born after that, you guys are post-millennial, the Gen Z, iGen, Centennials, whatever. You guys want to call it, you guys aren't important. The millennials and Generation (laughs) X is okay. Baby boomers, y'all are old. (laughs) That's my grandpa right there. I'll I'll tell. (laughs) I mean, he doesn't care. He says he's old. And it, it... He's a baby boomer, so... My grandma, before that, though, it says um, traditionalist or silent generation. Uh, She has passed away, but she was born in 1924. So, it's crazy to think how old she would be by now. That means she lived through the Great Depression. Yeah, she did. She, I mean, Mm. 
It was crazy. The stories that she could tell. Because, you know, I was pretty young when she passed. But, you know, if she was still alive, how much I could learn from that. You know, I could have written so many things in high school and college about her experience um, and all of my, that. My grandfather is 95 this year. and he, Congratulations. Yeah. He is... Um, well, my family, a lot of my family lives to triple digits. That seems we have good genetics that way. Besides and the dementia. <laughs> he, he still has his mind, which is awesome. So <laughs> he tells these magnificent stories of the 20s, 30s, and 40s. And he's a writer. And he writes everything down. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't publish any of it. And I've been trying to talk him for, in, for years into publishing his memoir because... I've read it. It's phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And it's history. It is it is like the history of living in the in the poorest parts of Baltimore City through some of the worst times the city has ever faced. Right. Yeah. My um my grandpa was in um war whatnot and so uh, my great grandpa. So my grandpa had his dad's things, and he passed them down to me. And it has like some of the badges that he had um, during the war, and it also has this other badge that he took off a Soviet soldier after he killed them. Okay. And it's just like history is in my hands, and I just. Yeah. I was mind blown when I saw that. I was like, I have to have that. And I, it's not that I am a history fanatic or anything that it was just like, this is a piece of history that not many people have that I have to have. <laughs> no, it, I'm with you. I, I'm with you a hundred percent. Just I've... to imagine that, like you're taking something away from someone you killed. Right. And I have that. My, uh, my uh, grandfather gave me a ring that he took off a uh, Nazi officer that uh, oh. he killed in Germany. And he also brought home a whole bunch of things because after uh, after being in the European front, he ended up in the uh, Pacific front. And he was on a bunch of different islands. And he they went treasure hunting on the islands. Mm-hmm. Because the 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 townspeople heard the Japanese were coming or heard the Americans were coming, they would hide all their valuables up in the <coughs> mountains in these caves. Right. And he brought home all this loot that he found in these caves while in the middle of a war. <laughs> uh, that is amazing. awesome. Yeah. And you have all that. We have it all. Yeah. He's uh, some of it he gave to my father. Some of it went to my father's sister and a bunch of the stuff he gave to my father. My father gave to me. Oh, that is so cool. See, that's yeah. some things that is so unique. Have you ever thought of developing a film around that? No, I really haven't because my grandfather doesn't want his story to be known until all the people involved in it are dead. <sighs> and so that, that's why story. we got him to write it all down. I know. I, well, I would what love... was that film? Um, Hacksaw Hatch, Ridge? Hacksaw Ridge. Yeah, that was such a good film. That yeah. was so good. And what... 
Why can't he just allow you to do it? It'd be such a good I, movie. I have been trying to talk him into it for years. He, like I said, he's written all the stories down. And, uh, you know, um, the, about 10, God, I guess it's been more than 10 years. He, he met up with the guys that were in his unit every year. They would have a reunion mm-hmm. for 50 years after World War II ended. They, they got together. <sighs> See, that you know. Be... That would be I know. a good intro into the film and then have like the flashback and then that would be the film and then it comes right back to that reunion. <sighs> I completely agree with you. Yes. So I I went with him to the 50th reunion and that was their last one. And at that point in time, there was only 18 of them still alive. Oh my mm-hmm. goodness. And since then... Capitalize now, on this, man. Capital. I know. I know. <laughs> Now, now, today, there's only two of them still alive, my grandfather and one other man. Oh. And my grandfather said that when he dies, not my grandfather, the other guy, I can do something. But until yeah, that but happens... you can get the other guy's no. perspective. Why? But because in his writing and stuff, he he tells it how it is, which means... If they did bad stuff, he talked about the bad stuff. If they did good stuff, he talked about the good stuff. He doesn't want to be smirch anyone's name while they're still alive. Oh. Uh, that's understandable, I guess. But man, that could be time. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, but then I think it'd be really not awesome, too, if you had your grandfather tell the story. Like, I like a voiceover, that. and like it'll tell little parts and then it'll go in and out sort of right at different parts of the movie and that would be because then at the end you can have your grandfather be shown as well as the beginning obviously like a little bit and then at the end and wrap up and that's him telling the story of all it like wrapping it up like and then have at the bottom how long he was fighting for you know who you know everything that would be a remarkable story and then you can have the pieces like have him show the pieces of that he's collected and and then maybe you could be in the film too be like it's passed down to me and i (laughs) i plan to pass it down right no i hear you no i i i agree with you 100 percent. i tell you what uh do you know anybody that's in the american legion um I'm sure I do. My mom is a part of the organization. Uh, okay. She, she wasn't. Um, she's a part of it because she is all for veterans and everything like that. Like we were, we volunteered for the VFW for a couple years, um, for like Christmases and stuff, providing for the kids and everything like that. So, and I I know several people who come into the bar who are part of that organization. My mom hosts. Um, all of most of their get-togethers at the bar and restaurant okay. that we have. So I'm yeah. I'm myself a life member of the VFW. Um, but but the the reason why I mentioned the American Legion is since your mom has a connection with them. Yes. Have her look up my last name in the archives of the American Legion. My grandfather's entire story is published with them. Ah, see, if you come up with that film, I could say I know that guy. I know him, and I have a connection. My mom's going to be so jealous. Be like, yeah, you didn't think my podcast was nothing? Now look at me now. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Yeah, um, she doesn't really get the whole podcast thing, but. Well, that's her age. Yeah, well, (laughs) sure. (laughs) (laughs) Sure. (laughs) 
but yeah. I, well, oh, like man. like I do I do all this, but uh, like my wife, who's about the same age as me, she doesn't get most of it. Right. You know, it's um, we we grew up in different lifestyles. It's uh, like she doesn't get the gaming, she doesn't get uh, the movies stuff that I do. But she, we have a good enough relationship. She allows me to pursue my hobbies. I she allow allows. <laughs> she allows me to. Well, that we're married, so it's yeah. allowed. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, uh, the power that women have. You guys see yeah. this? Um, but yeah, that movie has got me excited now because I really want to see it and it's all in my head. So I, <laughs> I hope that it comes true because I get excited about true stories like that Hacksaw Ridge movie. I just, we watched that when we were on vacation Okay. because, um, it was all family time. You know, the only times that we really were on our phone were like at night when we were about to go to bed or um, to take photos. Everything else, you were not allowed to have your phone out. Gotcha. Um, so we really try to have more family time because you don't know what could happen from now till later. So absolutely, um, we try to spend as much time as we can with one another. And that was a movie that we were all like, shh, shh, like stop talking, you know, type thing. We weren't allowed to talk, and it was just like we all knew that we didn't have to really say it. Um, because we were all so fascinated by this film. So did you ever see uh, Band of Brothers? Uh, no. If you like Hacksaw Ridge, you really look it up. HBO series, it's 10 episodes, called The Band of Brothers. Okay. All right, I'll yeah, have I to should... watch that. that. And what's really cool with that is they don't just tell the, they don't just tell the story. They interview the people that lived it. Yeah, see, I it's so fascinating. That's why I'm like, oh, your grandpa just allow access to do the grant grant you access to create this film, because if you can get different perspectives, that it just makes so much better. But I understand where he's coming from, but man, yeah, it's such it would be such a good movie. I promise you, you. I it's I not even about agree. the money. It's not even about the money. It's just <laughs> getting that story out there. And it's something so unique to you. So you, you've got to share it. Yeah, I completely agree with you. Yeah. I and wish I and, had a good and one day we will do something. I, you know, it, but I have to respect his wishes. Right. Of course. Yeah. He's got seniority. Yes. Of course. <laughs> um, but yeah, I wish I had some type of a family known thing other than just that Soviet thing. I think it'd be neat to create something over that batch of me and something, but my grandpa's not alive to tell the story or to tell his side for me to remember or anything like that. He actually passed away um, shortly after I was born. So this is something, and all your listeners should take this advice. If you have children, you should start writing your story now. Mm-hmm. So that your children know your their history, because you never know when you're going to die, mm-hmm. and you never know when that story is going to end. And if you haven't passed it on, it's lost forever. Right. That's why I love the podcasts and stuff because a lot of things are becoming more digital. I do have a diary that I had a goal of writing within a year. It was an entire journal before he was born. Um, I was writing in it before I even knew I was pregnant. Um, but my goal was right for the year and I did accomplish that. Um, but that's something that he could take with him 
and that's all handwritten. And then these podcasts are obviously audio, and I hope to collect them so to pass those to him. Because who knows what the future holds um, with everything becoming so digital. Um, you know, writing may become a lost art, sort of. Who knows? <laughs> you might be writing on a pad. <laughs> Um, writing on a piece of paper might be lost art by then, uh, a form of art. Because I think it's beautiful to see something handwritten, but man, your wrist gets so tired. <laughs> I could write all day okay, long. Okay, <laughs> so, so while we've been talking, I logged into my Vimeo account. Yeah. And I made Don't Say His Name and Word from a Gamer, two of the movies that I had stored on there. Uh-huh. Uh, free to watch for anybody that wants to watch it. Yay! I will leave those two free for two weeks. <sighs> I've okay. got work to do. So, Word from a Gamer is uh, the documentary. is my first time directing, so don't expect a lot. It's low production value. We made it for under 5000 bucks. Don't say his name. We made for $0 in three hours. It was just a group of friends got together. We just made a quick film. Okay. <laughs> no script, no plan, kind of like your show. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks for comparing. <laughs> your, I, your I don't know if I should be honored or... No, no, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, I honestly, your show is probably a lot better than the movie. <laughs> <laughs> I do but, talk but, about a lot, okay. <laughs> yeah, so uh, Don't Say His Name's like a 25-minute film, and Word from a Gamer's like an hour and a half. Okay, and we can find these on your social media, correct? Like, they're just links? No, if you go to Vimeo and look my name up on Vimeo. Vimeo, got it. Yeah. I'll have to make sure to um, post that. But um, I'll also say that's for, well, I won't say it. I'll have people listen to it on here, and if they miss their chance, well, sorry. Um, <laughs> because by the time, you know, if someone were to listen, I don't want them thinking that in the description, oh, I have two weeks. Um, but yeah, so from today, from this moment. And actually, I'm looking at my Vimeo account while I'm talking to you because I'm wondering what else I have on there. I haven't been on here in a while. <laughs> <laughs> there's there's other silly things that I've done, but there's nothing serious on there. <sighs> Man, I'm going to have to watch this. I'm excited and to see something different. Um, I, I like um, independent films and stuff like that, too. Okay. It just kind of depends on what it is because there are some that I've watched that are like really really bad um i know they they probably didn't have a whole lot of funds but <laughs> it's just i could they didn't have a good storyline um uh my uh, well linwood storm he uh he loves independent films too and so he's he's actually getting me into um these films and i'm learning a lot from him so let's hope my review of yours is good. Yeah, I hope it is. Um, <coughs> when when you watch a film, are you watching for the 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 wow you things that are in it, or are you watching it for the story? Um, I believe it's mainly for the story. If you um, if you're watching it for the story, then my films are not terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I I think it just depends on what movies they are. Um, horror films, it's 
what what what's something new that you got you know to the table not something that's done over and over and over and how creative is it how at what angles are you showing like I'm always looking for like I like seeing the blood and gore I okay. love seeing that I love when I found out um, that movie Psycho it uh, went to make that sound that he was like stabbing his mother um, mm-hmm. he used a melon I was like whoa that's so cool and how far we've come from that but like I'm so fascinated by the films that were um, created back then because of how creative they were um, you know we have all this technology where I can't stand um, seeing a film where it's fake like that stupid movie Sharknado like it's just why it's so computerized <laughs> like you know it's computerized it's not real whereas the movie Jaws you know that seemed realistic you know it just they did so well in that film and um, it's not like it scared me but I'm just like I don't think I could have done any better than what they did with what most likely they had budget wise and so I'm learning all kinds of stuff um, about budget and um, so we'll see if my review is really good <laughs> about yours but um, yeah I do look for a storyline half the time it's with like mainly chick flicks and stuff I've seen okay. plenty of them to know this like if it's not too predictable then I'll be impressed well, most chick flicks tend to follow the same. Yeah, um, that's why. This, yeah. Well, horror movies, too. I mean, it, it's rare I see a horror movie that wows me with the newness of it, you know? Oh, that movie. Um, oh, I'm blanking on the name right now. Um, the Descent. I loved that movie. I don't know if you've ever seen it. Have you? The Descent. The name sounds familiar. Yes. What's it about? So they. Um, The story is this woman's riding in the car like they show in the beginning. Um, She's riding in a car and um, the husband wasn't looking or paying attention, runs into this truck where these two pipes go through the husband and the daughter. Instantly killed. So she's dealing with the death. And so this friend goes, okay, let's go on an adventure. Let's go to this cave. They were supposed to go on this cave that was a tour, like a tour cave where like there's designated areas to go I, to. I know the film. Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. So, it, it took a minute for it to click. It yes. was so creative. I was like, I was gung ho. Second film, you guys did terrible. It was so bad. But the first one, <laughs> the first one, I, uh, it was so good because it's nothing like any other horror film that's been out there. You know, it was just a different twist. Um, yeah, people lure people into things, but this one, it was just like you could tell there was so much hatred and um, the deceitfulness uh, between each character. Like, you knew something was up from the get-go of that best friend. And it it wasn't predictable because I didn't catch it in the beginning. I knew something was up, but I didn't know what it was. I just... I was mind-blown when I first saw that film. I hear you. Yeah, it was good. For me... Growing up, the film that I like got me the most was um, "I Spit on Your Grave," the original. Do you ever see that? Uh, it sounds familiar. <laughs> it's a re- it's a re- it's a revenge flick, okay. But I saw that when I was like nine years old, and the gore in that movie, I 
that's what made me start loving horror <laughs> was that film you yeah. know from there i i went in then i i saw the evil dead the original you know and you know uh, the classics you know like friday the 13th and uh chucky and stuff like that but that was the one that really got me but the i think one of the best horror movies i ever saw was um the audition have you ever seen that one no it's a japanese film Okay. Okay. And it's a psychological thriller that is disturbing as hell. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna have to like write some of this stuff down. I'll have to listen to my own podcast eventually. Be like, <laughs> he said this, and this, and then yeah. you know, I'm watching that, and people will be like, "Why have you been stuck in your room all day?" Well, you know what? I had homework to do. That's exactly what's going on. And uh, this will give me an idea of where you stand on stuff. What did you think of Blair Witch Project? I, I honestly love the idea of a camera uh, perspective. Okay. I, I if... love that. I love that and Cloverfield. Cloverfield and Quarantine. Um, they weren't scary. and But the, the thing was, it was just the fact that someone's holding, like, just, it puts you right in that moment. Like, you're carrying it. Absolutely. So, did you ever see Cannibal Holocaust? Uh, that sounds familiar. Okay, so Cannibal Holocaust was filmed several years before the Blair Witch Project. It was a found footage movie about a group of uh, college kids that go to South America, and they're filming their stuff, and they encounter a cannibal tribe. Yeah, I'm looking up images and stuff right now. It looks so familiar, like maybe I've watched it briefly. If you liked Blair Witch Project, you probably will like Cannibal Holocaust because it did it so much better. <laughs> okay, all right. So maybe I haven't watched it. Maybe I've. Maybe that was on my list. Okay, it is a very disturbing movie. It looks like it. It looks like it. But you know what? I am most likely still going to... I have to see if it's on Netflix. Or Hulu. We'll see. Um. Well, it, since it's been banned in the United States, it probably isn't. <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> <laughs> you you uh, might find it online somewhere, but it's... um. Oh, probably. Yeah, the, the, the uncut version of it was banned in the United States. The director of the film was arrested for murder because... As part of the release of the film, he he had the entire uh, cast and crew disappear for six months. What? So everybody thought he really killed them. What? Seriously. <laughs> Mind blown. I'm telling you. I Really? <laughs> yeah, really. Look it up. Sometime when... Not tonight, but we're not... Look it up. I think you'll be amazed. And the director is who? I can't remember the guy's name. Oh. It's been too um, many years. Rogero Diodato? Diodato? Rogero? It's Rogero. Rogero? I had it right. Yeah. <laughs> Why second guess myself? I'm good at this. <laughs> D is it Diodato? Diodato? I'm not sure how to pronounce his last name. I'd have to ask my brother-in-law. It's Italian. So he got arrested and he had people disappear. He had his, he had the cast and crew 
after they made the film, uh, go away for a vacation for six months. Then he released the film, and he acted kind of sketchy in interviews about where people were to make it look like everyone really died. It was all part of a big publicity stunt that he did with the release of the film. That's so awesome. Yeah. Who would have thought of that? I don't think anyone could pull that off nowadays. <laughs> I really don't. Uh, people catch on like that. So, yes, they um, do. Uh, people catch you in lies so many ways. So uh, that amazes me that he did that. That would be a good, a good movie. Oh, that's a good one. Uh, of, of a film director doing the same thing. Like, just just creating a film. Just kind of like um, the Robert... P um, the Peterson movie. Uh, mm -hmm. You know who I'm talking about? That Lifetime film? about Yes. Uh, yes. Um, <clears throat> about doing that, like, that way. Like, just kind of doing the aftermath. Like, a film director pulling the stunt. How far would it go? Right. Yeah, that would be, be really one. nice. I tell you, I... I have a film I've been wanting to make for a really long time, but I haven't been able to figure out how to do it where it would come off right. I'm like, I'm, I'm just don't have the skills or at least I haven't figured out what the skills are necessary to do it. But you know how, like a lot of films do it where like there's a cult and the cult steals the is stealing people, you know, to become members. And then a family member is trying to rescue, say their daughter or their son who has joined the cult. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's you see that type of film all the time. Wouldn't it be cool if a film was made that that is the gist of the film until like the last 10 minutes of it, you discover the cult was right. It really is the end of the world and they're only <coughs> members of the cult are going to survive. Ooh. And you find out like five minutes after the uh, family rescues their kids. <laughs> wow. Yes, I I would watch that one. I would watch. It's almost that hills have eyes. Oh, I like that movie. Yeah, yeah, like you know it's still there. Yeah. Mhm. Mm yeah. So where's the end? I like when movies uh, they have that. Um, what's it called? Um, cliffhanger. Mm -hmm. and then there has to be a sequel I hate it when there's a film that uh, they leave that cliffhanger and they don't create the film like the second sequel for like I don't know several years or they attempt to after everyone's so freaking old <laughs> like right. I, I, don't, I don't like films like that like if you're going to create a sequel at least do it within so many years don't like the Fast and Furious films there's there's a reason why they're so known because they're back to back to back like they're not they're not s several years where people are too old right <laughs> you know talk about like, like like um like the star wars film when they apparently this the last one was terrible i have yet to watch it i guess i'm supposed to watch it to know how terrible it is <laughs> that's what i was told <laughs> On, honestly the the Star I don't want to talk about Star Wars franchise because I'll piss <laughs> a bunch of people off. <laughs> hey, my podcast is limitless, okay? No judgment, okay? Listeners, yeah. do not judge. 
I there are elements of the new Star Wars movies that I really like, but the stories have sucked. Mm-hmm. And the villain is not a villain that that you can, uh, you know, uh, to make a good villain, the villain has to you have to understand his motivation, right? Mm-hmm. He has to have power, and power doesn't mean he has to have superpowers or things like that. He has to have a sense of power. Right. It could be that he's super rich. It could be that he has super abilities. It could be that he's like the Joker. His power is his insanity. Hmm. You know, this villain, he's not... There's nothing to him. Right. It's, it's So that's my problem that I have with the new Star Wars films. At least with Darth Vader, you know? It's like, oh, it's Darth Vader. You hear that music and it's like, you're instantly, where is he? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it just every time someone says Darth Vader now I, I just recently had watched um, Night at the Museum the Smithsonian mm-hmm. and I don't know if you remember that part with Darth Vader he, he's like you know he does a oh, thing and like nothing's happened he's like what is this what are you doing <laughs> why are you breathing so heavy you know like all this other stuff and he's just making fun of him right? and, and so now I'm just like that movie was so funny it was a good movie. I agree. Well, I am looking at the time. It is after midnight. Yeah. Um, yep. Uh, it has been a late one, but at least we've had a really good conversation. And I've learned quite a bit throughout this conversation with you, um, mainly about, like, the films and everything of how they're, they're, they're done. And um, maybe eventually we can have another podcast that you would join in uh, talking more about films or even just games. Um, or just have someone else who actually knows more things about games <laughs> have you on theirs. <laughs> Look, I I do these things with people that from all walks of life. You know, it's my goal with, with going on podcasts and talking to people is to make friends and to learn about other people's culture, other people's ideas, and share mine, you know? And for me, nerd culture is everything. We're living in the age of the nerd, you know? <laughs> this. When I was a kid, I used to get beat up for being a nerd. Now, you know, you being a nerd is cool. Right, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, that, that is very true. Um, I don't think a lot of people get picked on as much for being considered a, quote, nerd, so... Um, not anymore. I don't think it, it's it's just such a norm now that <laughs> I don't I don't think people get picked on for that anymore. No, not at all. If you think I about mean, it. well, well, it's um. I think it's how you handle is... it too. Of course, like <laughs> if you're dressing up every day in a Darth Vader suit. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, I yeah. it depends, right? <laughs> it depends. There, there, you you can you can take anything to an extreme, you know. Right. But if you're going to a convention, get dressed up. Be yeah. your hero. Absolutely. I think it would be interesting <laughs> to go to one. I don't think, because I'm not really into games, that I would dress up as one. But I would be there probably to interview. That, like that would be cool. You should do it. Probably. That might be on my bucket list. Who knows? But it was nice talking to you. And I hope to have you on my podcast again eventually. Um, but we could discuss that uh, some other time. But, yeah, so it was I loved having you on my, my, my show and I um is there anything else you want to talk about real quick or um, mention? Well, okay. My website is Nerd Rage News. Please go visit it if you are into gaming or 
mainly if you're into gaming. Um, <laughs> if if you go on Amazon and look up my name, you can find my books and possibly a couple of the movies that I've been in. Mm-hmm. And my, if you have Kindle Unlimited, all of my books are free. So go free, read them. Free, guys. Free. Okay? <laughs> Just go for the free stuff. Like yeah. always. Because no one but likes me- to pay for anything. I hate reading on a device. It gives me a headache. So I prefer a physical book. Mm-hmm. There are physical copies there, too. <laughs> Yeah, I think it depends, on, too, on the time of day as well. Like, if it's super late at night, I like everything a little dim. Um, but, yeah, I prefer physical copy as well. Um, but they just take so much room up. That's I think I can read a book, and then that's why I like the library, where you check it out, and then you can return it. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I think, so you go to the library. You can always request my books at your library. Maybe they will bring it in. There you go. That sounds like a plan. <laughs> it was nice talking to you, and I really hope you enjoy the rest of your um, now evening. Or Yes, morning. and thank you for having me on. It was very fun, and I'd be happy to do this again sometime. Awesome. All right. You guys, enjoy the rest of your night and morning as well. Peace. <laughs> Good night. Night. Hey everybody, if you like the intro music, you can hear more and get your own custom beats by contacting me on Instagram at Music by Symphony. That's M-U-Z-I-K-B-Y-S-Y-M-P-H-O-N-Y. Once again, that's M-U-Z-I-K-B-Y-S-Y-M-P-H-O-N-Y.